Hey there, it's Mike Tramp, and you're listening to White Lion Fever, where rock and roll is still alive like it always has been and it always will be. Uh, welcome to Wildline Fever. This is the start of the program, but the end of the interview is confusing the hell out of these guys. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, we are uh, with uh, Mike and Jet from uh, Tracer. Now, I, I wanted to ask you, you know, we've talked in previous parts of this interview about being, you know, having, making headway, having some success overseas. What's it like when you go back to Radelaide and you hook up with your friends you went to school with? Um, do some of them get jealous or do they just have no comprehension of what it's like to live on the road? What is it, is, what's it like? Oh, we, we hang out with some pretty cool dudes that yeah. we celebrate success rather than, um, you know, denote it, I guess. But it's, it's tough for anyone coming off of a tour. You get post-tour blues yeah, super bad, whatever tour it is. It's, it's quite difficult... Well, it has been in the past when we haven't been working when we've come back here. But now that we've got the Screaming Jets support and there's some groundswell in Australia starting to happen, it's kind of exciting to come back home because we're not coming back home to sit on our butts. We're coming yeah, back yeah. home to, to play more and show everyone what we've been doing overseas. So when, you know, when we think about it like that, it's, it's great coming home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus I get a cooked meal and sleep. <laughs> my girlfriend <laughs> I'm sure your buddies uh, all ask for tour stories and your girlfriend probably does too but uh, what, what, um, what, what do you have a favourite tour story that's, uh, that's good for uh, general consumption <laughs> general consumption uh, uh, I, I've got one go on that's um, it's, it's yeah it's as PG as it gets I, I guess this sort of happened ominous yeah this happened on our first tour. So we were touring in um, a, a small van, basically, that we put an Ikea bed into the back of and slept three, like, head to toe, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. in the top, put all our gear underneath. So sure you did. Yeah. <laughs> so there was, you know, we all had sleeping bags, so there was no skin-on-skin yeah. skin action. <laughs> at least not at the start of the tour. <laughs> yeah. Until it got real cold. <laughs> and one night... Because what we used to do is, uh, like, have gigs... Wednesday through to Saturday and then for the other three days or two days or whatever we we had nothing to do so we'd find a truck stop that was free to sleep in and usually just get some beers and go to yeah. go to sleep in inverted commas one night we would you know a few six packs down a piece and we we're all crammed in the back of this place and we're like man I really need to go to the toilet like, yeah shit me too as well so in nothing but our underwear we've all bailed out of this truck stop and ran to the bushes and there's three cop cars that loosened to <laughs> just waiting just screeching around the corner like over the big PA saying freeze freeze police freeze and we've got like a gentlemen's private parts in our hands like nearly stark naked looking around like what have we done and it turns out that they were on a two day sting trying to figure out who'd stolen the car that was parked next to us who was involved in some robbery or something so we'd ruined their sting (laughs) that's a great story wow if that's the PG ones, I'd like to hear the others. That's a, that's a really good story. Yeah. I will tell you those later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to... Uh, I mean, America's obviously the undiscovered uh, or the, the great promised land for um, yeah. rock and roll bands everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, what Anything doing there? Yeah, yeah well, I mean, we're working on it. We just came back 
um, from recording over there. Uh, we've, we've got half the new album done, um, which is, and you know, it's obvious that um, in LA where we recorded, it's just a hive of activity, and there is just so much happening, yeah. so much that can happen from it. Um, and basically, the the new album is basically our springboard to get our foot in the door yeah, basically yeah. we've got a family over there now you know so that makes it feel wow you have been having fun on tour oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, so, I mean it's an inspiring thing to get to hook up with you know a, a crew of really yeah. inspired individuals over there and uh, yeah I, I'm excited for it yeah, personally like, do you ever wonder and I asked the guys in the treatment this the other day as well like do you ever wonder wow, if we were doing this 25 years ago, what our lives would be like, and, and maybe maybe you wouldn't survive it. I mean, not many people did, you know, but does it cross your mind? Oh, always. Yeah. I always wonder, like, if I was born when Led Zeppelin was growing yeah, up yeah. and doing what we're doing now, would we have changed the world? You know, what really would be awesome if we grew up in, like, the Bach times, yeah. <laughs> you know, and we're playing the music that we did. Imagine that change in the world. Well, what was that uh, Steel Panther lyric? If I was born in 1573, Leonardo da Vinci would be jealous of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, that, that is... I don't spend very much time thinking about it. But... You've watched Back to the Future too many times. Yeah, yeah so. I know. <laughs> Funny you should say that. Yeah. So what is... Well, I'll let you go in a, in a sec. We'll get another song of you. What is, in these days, realistically, success for a rock band in this country? Like, what... What is what? What is it? I mean, survival, man. It's like that's <laughs> yeah. success. You know, yeah. uh, here's the thing: as you get older, you sort of go, okay, what what does success really mean? Because you get you grow up on stories of hedonism and madness, Zeppelin, Motley Crue style yeah, insanity. Yeah, yeah. But like, as you come up, well, at least for me, I go like, well, success is choice. You know, yeah, yeah. success is being able to say, yeah, we're going to do that tour or we want to record with that guy or yeah. those kind of things like and to me that is success yeah. you know like being able to choose some stuff and not have to do things that you don't want to do you and know? as we were saying before the interview started just having a few different fan bases in different territories is, is kind of it helps if your aim is longevity doesn't it because you know and, and you could I mean let's face a lot of um, bands let's say a lot of hair let's say a lot of hair metal bands in the 80s you know they either don't exist now or they have to just play on weekends but if you're DAD or if you're like uh, Honeymoon Suite or one of those bands who have a home market to go back yeah. to then they can earn a living and yet they had similar levels of success in America but but they can actually earn a living because they've got a domestic market to, to go back to. Yeah. So that's obviously what you're trying to get now, you know? Yeah, I mean, our goal for quite a while is being able to quit our day jobs, yeah, yeah. Um, which <laughs> I don't have a regular job. Yeah, yeah. But, but you still work sometimes? Or? Yeah, I have to because, yeah. because we're not at that level of success yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that, that to me and, and to Dre, who also works at a day job, that's been our thing. Like, Wait, what do you do? I do landscape at the moment. Oh, um, or anything, to, <laughs> to be honest. If you, if you want to give him a job, just yeah, email yeah. in. Email me at, I'll sell my body for you. And Dre, Dre does headphones and speakers for a big yeah, multinational. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's a billionaire. Yeah. But, you know, that, that's the thing. Like, if, if we can live... If we can dedicate our lives to music and nothing else, that to me is success. If my day job is sitting down with these guys, writing songs, rehearsing songs, or touring, 
that, that to me is, is where it's at. Guys, really appreciate your, appreciate your time. The worst thing about promising to write a story as well as do a podcast is I have to transcribe all this stuff. But anyway, <laughs> that's my problem. Um, now, um, one more song, guys. Uh, should we do one of ours again? Let's do one off of the, um, the Spaces In Between album. Uh, this is our first hit, I guess you'd say. It's called Too Much.
Hey everyone, this is Mike from Tracer. You're on White Line Fever. Welcome back to White Line Fever episode 68. And this is the second part of the program where we just uh, talk. Um, and uh, before I introduce our guest, our co-talkee, uh, I've got to mention a couple of things. Uh, we're on we're on uh, Twitter, WLF Podcast. We're on Facebook. It's White Line Fever. It used to be White Line Fever Community. We'll change the name a bit easier there. And go to whitelinefever.ning.com. Uh, that's where you can uh, join up and you get newsletters and stuff. I've been a bit slack in that department. I'm going to make sure that um, most of my posts go out. And also, if you donate, just go to uh, um, whitelinefever.ning.com, uh, the bottom left-hand corner, click on Donate, and I've got lots of uh, exclusive content. Uh, what I've done, I actually put up some foot- some old football games. I don't know if I should be doing that, but I put up the 1994 Kangaroos versus Wales. I don't think you can find that anywhere else on the internet. Or I'm going to put up the 1982 Cup Final between Manly and Newtown. And also, uh, if you're into your rock and roll, um, the unreleased uh, Doomfox album, uh, and also um, I've got a Van Halen interview from 1987, which isn't available anywhere else on the internet. They're all password protected. I'll give you the password uh, if you donate. But really, I just want you to donate because you like what we're doing here and because you want to help us pay the hosting. Okay, um, our, we're back at an old haunt of the podcast. That is the Erskineville Ho- Hotel, and my guest is from the deepest north of England, but he doesn't sound like it. It's Johnny Davidson from League Express and Total RL and Rugby League World. How are you, Johnny? I'm good, thanks. Good, thanks, Steve. What would... Can you tell us what you're doing here in Oz? <coughs> yeah, I'm uh, a bit of a working holiday. Um, uh, working on, on a feature, hopefully, for on Greg Eden, a new Broncos signing from, from Hulk KR. You've come all this way to interview <laughs> Greg Eden? Uh, not, not, <laughs> not exactly, but, you know, some meetings mm. um, with some agents uh, this week. And, um, yeah, a bit of work, a bit of, bit of family from, from Newcastle originally. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's good timing, obviously, with the seasons uh, over. Both in the UK and, and the NRL here. I'm going to give you up. You're also going to the soccer Asian Cup. Aren't you? I do. I do. I do write about <laughs> soccer as well. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, You're trying to just like just sins of omission there, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I can, I can add in. I'm a Manly fan as well, so everyone will definitely hate me now. Um, but yeah, no, no. I do, I do a bit of both. Um, yeah, to, to pay the bills. Let's talk about uh, some issues in uh, rugby league and. Um, um, and we'll talk about Super League because uh, it's not often this time of year you get to talk about Super League in the sun or <laughs> risking sunburn. You've got your sunglasses on. Uh, what do you make of the new sponsorship of the Challenge Cup uh, betting firm? And it's something that only a few years ago they didn't want a betting firm, and that's why we had this Stobart uh, Contra sponsorship, which uh, attracted a lot of criticism. So have they finally caved in? Yeah, I, th- I think that, that, that the Stobart stuff was... Um catastrophe, I think you could say. Uh, you know, the game lost a lot of money, you know, in terms of sponsorship that it didn't have. So I think they've basically realised that, you know, the, the, the Challenge Cup is a strong property, uh, particularly with the BBC coverage, they get it. Uh, so, yeah, they're, they're trying to make the most of money out of the game and um, the betting's a huge market as it is in the UK, as it is in, in, in Australia. So, uh, lab brokes have come on board. Do you like the new uh, competition structure? For Super League, yeah. it's funny. I was actually talking uh, talking to an agent this morning, and we tried to. I, I've sort of slowly come around to. We, we tried to explain it, and we both got lost at the end. Once the the three eights come in, and then how many games they play, and then who gets promoted. So it's very very convoluted. I mean, coming from growing up in Australia, and coming from the system we have, it, it's very very hard to understand. But on the flip side, we don't have a, a second division mm. you know, for a promotion relegation, which is what the UK is about. So. 
you know, I like the fact I'm based in Sheffield, so been to a few Sheffield Eagles games. Um, I like the fact that they could get go up and you know be against Wigan and, and Saints and and um, Warrington. So that, that that's exciting. But whether it actually works, whether fans buy into it, no one really knows. What do you uh, make of the? Um, I'm going to be broad brush here, but the state of the game in England, having seen it up close, we've seen a couple of TV shows get axed. I, I understand the Super League Superman and Backchat won't be back. Uh, I only got paid, I didn't get paid for that because I don't have a working visa, but it was a bit of fun. Sometimes yep. I got paid in kind by Steve-O over the bar, so that's a bit disappointing. Um, and also, not many rugby league riders left on the Nationals. Yeah. So, what are the good things happening in Super League at the moment, and what are the what are the bad things, and have you got any thoughts on what could be done to resolve them or improve things? Jeez, you put me on the spot there. Um, no, I think, um, yeah, yeah, I... I as you, as you mentioned, you know, back chat, um, obviously what's happening in the Guardian, I think, and, and the Mail as well. I think, you know, there's a bit of sort of boom, boom and bust, you know, mm. one step forward, two steps back, vice versa. Uh, you know, as, as you know, with journalism, you know, there's, there's issues across the board. But I think the ratings for Sky have been quite positive. There have been increases, I believe. Um, I think overall attendances were slightly up last season mm. so it's been a tough few years but it seems to be a little bit of light in the tub I mean Rise of Catalan's, Catalan's Dragons not Catalan Dragons um, mm-hmm. he didn't get that memo um, it's so, Catalan singular isn't it has it gone back to plural it's gone back to plural yeah yeah there was a there was a press release I, th- I think from the RFL if I, remember. I, I thought that was grammatically incorrect plural I thought it was like saying the Welsh's <laughs> well, my French isn't very good or my yeah. Catalan's even worse so um yeah, There's been two memos saying the opposite thing about how to... Yeah, yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so, you know, they, 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 they were quite a, you know, and, and Trent Robinson days, obviously, but now with Todd Carney uh, and, and Willie Tonga as well, there's a bit of excitement there. Um, two teams have gone down, obviously, you know, the Broncos, the fact that they're still around is, mm. is good, but um, as you know, it was a bit of a schmozzle uh, around World Cup time and, and what happened there, and, and obviously Bradford, so... Bradford seemed to have stabilised a bit um, in terms of financially. Um, I think the season tickets are doing quite well, but yeah, it's it's kind of you know it's very. I think everyone's sort of waiting to see what happens in the new season. You know, Salford there's a as you, as you know with Marwin, uh, they're pumping a fair bit of money in the game, but but you know the, the results haven't been and the fans haven't been there. So there's lots of things to, to kind of look at and see, wait and see what happens. Um, but the World Cup was a, was a success. Uh, that that was, you know, and it surprised me. I think the quality of footy was was outstanding across the board, and the UK people really really got behind. I know there was a lot of scepticism in Australia, but you know if you were there and you went to the atmosphere and the games, it was it was great. As an England-based Australian rugby league writer, would, would you like to? Um, I know you do stuff for the Roar as well. Yep. You can plug anything you like on this program, but. Um, have you got an ambition to sort of write rugby league back here or to write for more Australian outlets from England or what are your ambitions? Yeah, yeah definitely. I've been writing for the Raw for, for four years, mostly opinion. You know, I've done tons of uh, NRL opinion. I do uh, a few live blogs for NRL games. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. Um, yeah, if anyone who wants to employ me or <laughs> anyone Fox Sports, but um, no, you, no. You, you'll have to do it all from Sheffield, or is that a oh, moot point? You know, I'll, I'll fly. No, no, plan is hopefully <laughs> to, to, to move back um, a couple of years. Um, you know, but um, no, no, I, I really enjoyed um, obviously getting into into Super League. Um, you know, didn't really follow it much mm. when when I was in, in Australia, um, but you know, I think. 
we, we a lot of fans, um, and I, I wouldn't include yourself in this, but a lot of people in Australian rugby league look down on Super League. Mm. Uh, you know, think it's a bit of a joke, but if you actually watch the footy and you know you go to the games, it, it's a good competition. You know. Okay, give us some predictions for 2015 in Super League. Uh, who will win the comp? Who will get relegated? Uh, uh, what will be the good events of the year? What will fall flat in its face? Give us some predictions. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the, the grand final replay. See what Ben Flower does. <laughs> um, no, I think I think Warrington will have a really good season. I can mm-hmm. see them top two. I think Ashton Sims is a is a fantastic buy. Um, wrote a feature on him coming out in rugby league world. There's a little plug for you. Um, uh, as I said, I think the Dragons. Big Metallica fan. Yes, massive Metallica fan. And he knows that his new boss knows Metallica. In fact, uh, I think Shane Richardson had a meeting with Simon Moran recently in England, and um, and James Hetfield just happened to show up. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. No, I, th- I think he, I think he'll do um, really well. Uh, and Daryl Clark. I mean, um, I think people in Australia would have. Would have seen him in the Four Nations, wouldn't have seen him before. I mean, he's an exciting player. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be in the NRL in a couple of years. Um, could, could be anything. Um, so I think Warrington will really do a Wigan, you know, they've lost a couple of players. They've obviously got a, a few young guys are promoted, and, you know, everyone knows how good Wigan is at bringing through juniors. So I think they'll be up there. Um, I think Salford will be in the semis this year. Mm. Um, they're a bit more stable. Uh, and I think the whole club, both the whole clubs were really disappointing last season. So... Campo's a good player, isn't he? Although, oh, yeah. how did they? They got beaten by 30 points by Halifax on the weekend. Well, a couple of weekends ago, as you listen to this, but uh, it stunned me, that result. Yeah, yeah, no, Campo's a, gr- a great player. I mean, how, how's his knee? How long has he got left? Also, the fact that, you know, they, 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 I think they lost 13 players yeah. from, from their squad and they've brought in 10. So how long is that going to take to gel? You know, New Harves, Albert Kelly... Maurice Blair, you know, they've signed some good players, but how long have they had to actually put them together? And Salford was the same last season, and, you know, they were terrible in some games, good in others, but finished, I think it was 10th or 9th, you know, out of the running. So I think one of the whole clubs really needs to, to do well because, you know, it's the only city with two with two clubs. It's, they're rugby league mad, and, um, you know, I think the fans have sort of had enough from both clubs. I know a lot of whole KR fans, um, and, you know... Michael Wayman did really well, actually, in his debut year. So, uh, get, getting to another whole derby, and uh, sorry, I'll just jump in quickly with um, the Magic Weekend in Newcastle, a new venue uh, booked to go up, so I'm really looking forward to, to that. Um, great city, great nightlife, so um, hopefully... I've booked nothing. Can, can we share a room? <laughs> I don't know how many the room is, potentially. Although I think my wife might be coming up, so that, that could be a bit weird, particularly if she's um, six, if seven you ask, months pregnant. If you ask anyone who's ever shared a room with me, you would... You would find yourself a right between now and having to do so, just to avoid uh, the the trauma of it. Okay, I'm going to give you a rare honour. I'm going to allow you to pick a song. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think. Maybe living in England, some Australian music you miss. You're from Newcastle. There've been some great bands out of Newcastle over the years. So I'll let you think of a song and and a band while I go through. Uh, well, firstly, I need you to go to uh, iTunes and uh, give, give a comment, good or bad. Give a comment because it helps us uh, uh, be more prominent on iTunes. It lets people know about us. So uh, go to iTunes and maybe even a song request from uh, from you, the listener. We're just about to have one from Johnny Davidson. I want to thank some uh, donors, Gavin Rennick, Gareth Lawson, Leonard Andrew, Stephen Hurd, David Crellin, uh, Ben Costello, uh, John Flynn and Andy O'Brien. And that is enough time. What song would you like to hear? Uh, I'm going to go with um, Alcohol by The Porkers. If you don't know it, it's a, it's a great song. I'll be having a few beers later on, so why not? Awesome, thanks. Thanks, Steve. People who drink too much make me very angry. I demand to have some booze. <laughs>
Hey, this is Nash Cato and King Roser. We're Urge Overkill. You're listening to White, White Line, Line Fever. Fever. 
So uh, welcome back to the program. I'm here with Robbie Farrell. We're at the West Tigers Media Day. Um, I don't think I've been to a summer media day before, but um, now, what are the fellas like, the young fellas now? What do they say to you before they have to front the media? What, what do, they, uh, do they ask you questions? What, tell, us, tell us what happens. Um, no, they're pretty confident these yeah. days, the young kids. Um, they always just want to know, um, you know, they say, oh, you're going to get hammered out there about me because uh, obviously they know that uh, you guys are always chasing me for a story and things like that. And, um, but the young kids are pretty cool. They, they understand that it's all part of the job now and uh, they're pretty comfortable with it. Do you think, like, a lot of the blokes follow American sport and, and they know, they're they learning a bit more about sort of growing your own brand and, you know, getting personal sponsors and, and maybe when you retire, you know, having a career yeah. to go to? So they're more conscious of their image in that regard than they maybe used to be? Yeah, I think it's probably one side of it. Also, they understand that from a club point of view how important it is. Mm. Um, you know, we need to embrace the media and um, I think, you know, it can be good for the club. Obviously, it can be bad <laughs> at times, but... Um, you know, when handled in the right way, I think um, you know it's a, obviously a positive for the club and it gets our brand out there at the Tigers, and uh, you know, hopefully that will generate interest and generate revenue for the game and, and for our club. Before I move on, anything else? It's a bit different now, though, isn't it? Because in the old days, we like you know the reporters personally more than now. So a lot of the young kids coming through, it, they don't know if they're scared. They don't really know what they're scared of. They're too young to have any good or bad experiences with the media, aren't they? They don't really know. Because it's different now, because all the media yeah. um, opportunities are structured and they're very sort of sterile, you know? Yeah, that's right. A lot different to when I started. And as you said, you're kind of, um, you know, back, in, back then you used to have relationships, you know, mm-hmm. with some of the guys and, you know, ones you liked and ones you didn't like and things like that, and ones you would talk to. And, but, um, yeah, but nowadays it's very structured and you kind of just get told what to do and where to go and who to talk to. And uh, it's part of the obligation of being a footy player. What sort of what sort of footy are we going to see this season? What um, we've heard there's a lot of confusion now about. First, we heard the rules weren't changing, and then the refs were saying you got to roll straight off, which would mess completely with the fabric of the game. And it's only less than two months before the season starts. Um, I believe you had a session here with the referees yeah. last week, and um, they told Jason you got to roll off straight away, yeah. and he actually didn't pass on the full message to you, and they were happy anyway. So, yeah. what, what, is, are you shocked that, that they would make such a big change such late notice? Or? Yeah, I think last year they did that. Um, they made a change with the blading rule late. I think it was January or February, and that threw a lot of teams out. Um, and could have led to more lifting. Yeah, mm. and then, uh, but yeah, we had the refs out here last week, and we were getting penalised. We played four quarters. Mm-hmm. Um, the first couple of quarters, we were getting penalised, and we had a chat about it at half time with them, and then they told us um, why they were ruling um, on the penalties, and we, we got better as it went along. Um, so, so yeah, if that's going to be the case, uh, hopefully we can start working on it from now and give ourselves two months to adapt to the, the rule change. Is it realistic that players will just get up? Oh, it's not, it's not realistic. Well, I think you've just got to show... I think that what they want to see is some sort of effort um, instead of just lying there, um, not moving at all. So uh, you just got to respect the movement call from the referees um, and just do your best to at least start moving. You don't have to jump up um, instantaneously, but you've got to show some sort of effort that you're trying to get off. And finally, Robbie, you've seen a lot of changes in the game uh, in your time. Where do you think we're at now? Like, there's a lot of money coming into the game, but there's also we've got a lot of old things we're hanging on to, like a really long fixture list and you know, crowded fixture list and a lot of other things. We've sort of got a bit of the future, and we're still trying to hold on to bits of the past as well. Mm. Where do you think the next big change is? Are we going to rationalise the fixture list? Is that the big thing, or is there other things that you see are about to happen? Or, I don't know. What, what, yeah, yeah. what do you see as the next big change in, in the game? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think 
for me personally, I think obviously the fixture list needs to get looked at. Um, yeah, it's just getting harder and harder every year. The season's getting longer. You know, we've got the nines in two weeks, uh, then the All Stars, and then a, you know 24 rounds of the toughest competition in the world. In the middle of that, you got uh, State of Origin, which is um, you know, uncomparable to anything else in the world. Uh, for, uh, finished by a final series, and then then if you're lucky enough to play for your country at the end of that, um, you know you go you go away with that. So. Um, Oh, I think something needs to be done um, about the fixture list, uh, whether it's the length of it, the timing of it, in terms of state of origin as well. Um, yeah, I'm not too sure, but I, heard, I, I think I, that'll be the big change. I heard more than half of games lose money at the gate, like certainly Sydney games. Is so they're just being held. They're just being held. To, no, well, that's oh, yeah, the whole year general, apparently. Yeah. Like at Sydney games, yeah. it costs more money to open the yeah. gates than they make. So yeah. they're only just being paid for TV. Well, that's and, thing, yeah, and, you, yeah, and you would think that the next TV deal will go up anyway, so yeah. hopefully there's an opportunity to pull the number of games back. Yeah, I think there's a review um, at the end of this year, mm. I think, in terms of the TV deal and the salary cap and things like that. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see um, you know, what happens there, but I guess that's why Dave Smith and, and those guys are there, is um, to work out what's best, and I think they're, they're doing a really good job. And um, yeah, I, you know, our, game's going, our game's going great, mm. uh, there's no doubt about that, but there's always room for improvement, and um, I'm sure we'll continue to do that. Thanks, Robbie. No worries. Thank you.
and you're rocking out to White Line Fever. Welcome back to White Line Fever, and we're here uh, with Brandon Yeagley of uh, Crowbot. And um, we, uh, we were talking before about um, Wolf Mother. Firstly, I'll get your um, opinion of, of Wolf Mother. It's kind of a, a multi-headed question, but the first, there, the whole sort of um, fuzz rock or seventies rock thing has become a kind of a, a hippie thing, if you know what I mean. It's been associated with alternative lifestyle, and that wasn't necessarily the case in the seventies. I mean, some of those guys were. You know, they, they were they were mainstream people, corporate rockers. You know what I mean in the, in the seventies. Do, do, is that connect? So. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly, exactly. What what do you make of that connection? I mean, is it is it now kind of a has it become like an, a sort of a, a counterculture sound now? And why do you think that's happened? Uh, I think so. I think it has, and I think I think it's just relative. You know, they sort of go hand in hand the same way that. Uh, Reefer and jazz used to go hand in hand, mm. you know, way way back in the day. I think it's uh, it's just it's just it's what your ears sort of are magnetized towards, mm. or maybe it's just the fact that that uh, your ears just have this supernatural sense once once uh, you become under the influence of certain substances that mm. it, it just sort of uh, everything else comes transparent yeah we we haven't really touched on or like and i apologize we're just running out of time but we haven't really touched on the album and some of the subjects but there's a lot of sort of mystical subjects there and the song about the skull of geronimo is about a secret society and i heard someone talking about that the other day as well do you actually believe that there is a secret society that is kind of Behind the scenes, Machiavellian uh, controlling our everyday lives, or not? I don't know. You know, it's it's interesting to think, um, but I I don't know. I would I would hope that uh, such few uh, amounts of people could have such uh, extreme power in the world. Mm. But, uh, I don't know. Mm. I, anything's possible, I guess. Anything's possible. Because you've you've clearly uh, got a sorry. No, I say you've clearly got an interest in, and the, you know, the word supernatural is in the uh, in the song title, something supernatural. But which song on the new record is more? Do you think rooted in in um, in reality? You know, which which thing I talked just talked about a secret society. So, which thing that you've written about do you think uh, you know probably does have some sort of uh, um, uh, basis in, in reality? You know, on the new record. Wow, I, I guess I would say, wow, they all sort of take place uh, in some different universe sometimes, <laughs> but um, I guess the, the, the most relative song could be uh, Nowhere to Hide, just yeah. for the simple fact that um, it, it, it wasn't my vision to, to make it a, 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 you know, a modern thing. It was actually, the idea was sort of, uh, you know, dating back to, to the days of the gallows, but uh, but it could very well it could very well be relative to today's situation as well. Yeah, Brandon, we've only touched the surface in uh, sort of twenty minutes, which is unfortunate. The listeners have heard it over three different episodes. I want to thank you for your time, and I'd imagine you've just introduced our final song. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Nowhere to hide.
Yonder, <laughs> and I'm not even going to try to rhyme anymore. <laughs> Michael Monroe here for White Line Fever, and you get a chance come and check us out live. We're gonna rock your socks off and whatever, rock like fuck. That's what I say. Okay, <laughs> come on down and rock on. 